0: Hello there and welcome to episode 11 of Headcanon, I'm Benjamin Light
1: And I'm Marcus Sparks.
0: And this week we're talking further about Hunger Games Quadrilogy We're on to Mockingjay Part Mm 1 Even though Mockingjay was a single book, they split it in two In what is now de rigueur for these uh, YA dystopian adaptations
1: The uh, casual redefinition of what a trilogy is
0: I think this is the one that everyone will point to And say that's where it went wrong <laughs> uh, Still directed by Peter Francis He closes or out Francis Lawrence. Or Francis Lawrence Sorry, writer's Peter Craig I'm just reading <laughs> uh, Yeah, Francis Lawrence Directed, all of them except the first one Written by uh, Peter Craig And Danny Strong Who you may know as uh, Jonathan from Buffy
1: Who's now a big TV guy
0: yeah, he's a big TV producer. He did, co-created Empire. Um, Suzanne Collins has an adaptation credit, which I don't even know what that means.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but sure, uh, November twenty first, twenty fourteen was when it was released. The interesting thing about the Hunger Games is they just pounded these things out super quickly. Uh, after the first movie, there's an eighteen month gap, which was basically just because they didn't know how big it was going to be. But as soon as they did, they just like cranked them out like one, a, you know, boom, 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 year after year after year.
1: I think we're also forgetting on the acting side, uh, Danny Strong was not only great on uh, Buffy, he was also great on Gilmore Girls and Mad Men. Um, Yeah, I saw this movie last year in the theater opening weekend. I was surrounded by children, and I thought, the fuck are you kids doing here?
0: Oh, why don't you uh, move right into your opening statement?
1: Um yeah, this is the third movie in the tale of Katniss, the girl fire who hunted animals for food, was drafted to hunt humans like animals in something called the Hunger Games. And this is the one where we are fortunate enough to watch her and other rebellious heroes watching a lot of TV monitors and getting a lot of traction on her reflection. I um I enjoyed this movie more on this rewatch because I think I know part 2 is coming in a week. Hmm. I remember not being thrilled at fucking all. Uh, When I saw this last year in the theaters. Um, And I'll just say that you can tell a lot because the way the movie starts, the last line in the opening before you see the title card is, uh, I wish she was dead and we were all dead too. (laughs) Boom. Mockingjay part one.
0: Welcome to the Hunger Games.
1: And I was like, shit.
0: I was like, I wish we were all dead too. It's just like, yikes. (laughs)
1: Life of the party, that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) We're, we're going deep underground in this movie. That's all I got.
0: All right. Yeah, this movie is just really weird. Um, I mean, I guess this is what you get when not only are you splitting a book in half, I and mean, it's really more of like a third too. but the book that they're working from just goes completely off the rails. I can't remember the last time I read like a, a closing, you know, book to a series, just completely honk it the way this one did. Mm -hmm. um i I, there are not many people i've come across who actually liked mocking jay the book and even even though this movie the the parts of the book it's working from are like the more stable parts i would say Mm -hmm. it just makes for a really weird movie i wouldn't necessarily say it's bad it's just Mm -hmm. very odd and off-putting it's it's like as though you made a movie out of like the first three episodes of a game of thrones season or something you know it's like there's no real three act structure happening. They're they're trying, but there isn't one.
1: This is definitely like a, a bottle episode of the Hunger Games show that never existed. Yeah.
0: Well, and the, your lead character is just a disaster here. Like everyone around her is getting annoyed at her because she's just like PTSD constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I kind of think just more for the book than the movie. I, I think this is what you get when a writer starts worrying a little bit too much about like being too realistic to the material Mm. like at the expense of the story Mm. i mean katniss like yes yes realistically katniss would probably be completely traumatized by the hunger games but like at a certain point you have to tell a story and like you can't just have your main character just be breaking down for an entire movie like it just doesn't work well i don't think um well, I mean, weird, she starts yeah. the movie like feral, basically, and she ends on like a complete emotional breakdown. And there really isn't much of an arc between the
1: two. Well, it's weird because, you know, having rewatched Catching Fire, as we've done, and I did not remember like Catching Fire. At all. It, it did not hold my memory when I went to see this a year ago in the theater. So I was like very perplexed by the beginning of this movie. But she seems angry and righteous at the end of Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. She seems like the saddest bastard in the world at the start of this one.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't really go anywhere from there. I mean, yeah. it's not—it's just not a very fun time at the theater. And yet, I think when after we see Mockingjay Part 2, I won't be surprised if we'll be able to look back and say, this might have actually been the better of the two movies material-wise. I mean, the next one's going to have a ton of action and be a complete clusterfuck mm-hmm. uh, if they're going on the books at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, Suzanne Collins, it was like she suddenly started to hate all of her characters while she was writing Mockingjay, and it's just, like, such disdain. It's like she just couldn't wait to, like, wrap up the, the whole series and be done with it. It's it a very strange book to read. Yeah. Um. Also, there is, like, this you know, like running narrative, like we talked about last time, with the, the kind of creation of the story, you know, like the meta thing happening.
1: Very much so in this one.
0: And this one especially, it's it's like they're directly pointing out the artifice of movies. And it doesn't really help you emotionally engage because it's like reminding you constantly that what you're seeing is fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I think works against it.
1: Philip Seymour Hoffman, PCH, PSH actually has a line. Did she forget the line?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Would you call this the uh, the camping one?
0: No, no.
1: Is the next one the camping one?
0: No, they've already done the camping. They're, oh, the, they're the in second the Hunger one? Games. Yeah, they're okay. the Hunger Games has more than enough uh, camping scenes to fulfill my quota of uh, you know good saga needs some traveling and some feel struggle like against nature.
1: All of the Hunger Games movies have like the shitty camping scenes that mm-hmm. some people hate. <laughs> yeah,
0: well it's it's definitely not lacking on those.
1: <laughs> Post apocalyptic camping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Only the s'mores are over human skulls. Lots of human skulls. And rib cages yeah
0: so uh top three moments
1: um so rewatching, I is obviously my number three i enjoyed the ending of this movie a lot more than i did the first time with the the, the three elements of the raid katniss watching phoenix Finn, story um
0: the ending of this movie is so fucking weird when he's considered this is a major hollywood film
1: it's very weird you have all these elements going on. Um it's bold to not have her more directly involved, like physically. Um they <laughs> That's really That's one s- way of
0: putting it, sure.
1: Yeah, it's it they set up like uh like you're going to find something just really crazy. Like there was an actual genuine sense of intrigue for a moment even though like I had read the book, and I knew that this whole ending is not really in the book at all. Like that there's this. Genuine- yeah, It's all off screen though. It's not like as involved as this. Um and I was like I was generally, like curious it's like, what are they going to find as they go through each door of the, the victors Center? Um, it was nice to see the guy playing Finnick do something other than crying and being weird. Uh, he's He makes explicit in his speech what he merely hinted at in the previous movie, that this bro hooks for secrets. Um, but I thought it was an interesting detail of if his story about Snow selling his body is true, I'm surprised and thankful they never tried to sell Katniss. You it's know, basically got...
0: implied in the book that they would have when she got older.
1: Oh, okay um did did you have to like just like dine on those scenes of the weird extras like touching her at the Mm -hmm. party in the last one um but yeah just the the bizarre half an hour ending of essentially the rescue of pita is my number three moment
0: okay i mean my honorable mention ties into that a little bit just with president snow he's basically going like full emperor palpatine on katniss at the end and Just preening like a peacock on this like weird, you know, like climactic Skype call they're having. (laughs) Um, But my number three and I had a little bit of a hard time coming up with top three moments, not because I think this is a bad movie, but just nothing really stands out in this movie to me. I was all just kind of there. I had two. And And they're not they're not like bad per se, but it's it's not like, yeah, I can't wait to see that again. Right. Um. I, I, my number three was just when Katniss lays out her demands to Alma Coyne there, mm-hmm. and uh, Julian Moore is just like, no. I just that <laughs> she just shut that down threw it right back in her face. I mean, obviously, she agreed eventually, but I liked Coin I liked her just being like, nope.
1: Julian Moore brings a lot to this kind of one-note character, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like it's it's slightly more than sly how good the supporting cast that's being wasted it is um my number two it's pretty rote it's the it's the whole sequence of her taking down the capital ship and the speech if we burn you burn with us Mm -hmm. just because it was nice to see like that juxtaposed with the horrible line reading of her like in the futuristic green screen (laughs) just uh the people look bad you have to (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i mean it was it was her good hero moment um it was like it's like what you were hoping to get throughout the rest of the movie about her like crying or
0: mm-hmm.
1: PETA. Yeah,
0: my number two is just Katniss having a little epiphany while she's playing with Buttercup uh, about what Snow is doing to her. I was glad that they actually let that play out on her face instead of having her say exactly what she means because she does that a little too much in this movie.
1: Um, I-, I thought I'm sure she realized. Prior to playing with this flashlight and this cat, that he's just like holding this over her head and taunting her.
0: Not in in the book, not yet. No, she's she knows that like she's caught con- like what she does is going to hurt Peta, but she's just always assuming that like he's gonna kill Peta and mm-hmm. then it will be over. And that's going kind of when she realizes that Snow's not going to kill Peta. He's just going to keep torturing him to <laughs> to fuck with Katniss.
1: And making him wear those ridiculous outfits
2: mm-hmm.
1: and doing things with his neck that just creeped me out every time I saw him. Because his head is staying the exact same <laughs> yes. size and shape that his neck is getting smaller.
0: Oh, his whole body gets smaller. It's so oh, creepy.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if we have the same number one moment. Um, Probably do, yeah. Haymitch leading the meeting, deconstructing the legend and image of Katniss Everdeen.
0: <laughs> no, mine's not that, actually. But oh. I almost did use that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I was like, yeah.
0: Well, that's that's why I think this movie is so fucking weird is that they stop in the middle of the movie and like, let's break down Katniss as a person. And like, do we actually like her and what, what were, what were our top three Katniss moments? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. They're, they're in movie episode of Mm -hmm. headcanon.
0: My number one moment is uh, Joanna Mason sneering as she like rips off those like medical tubes and whatnot. uh, At the end of the movie, she's in this movie for like three seconds and it's the best three seconds of the movie.
1: So here's my theory. This, this happened, like, right? they, they, this movie came out, if I remember correctly, I remember, time is wrong. Either way, I feel like Karen Gillen, like, that 30 seconds is her whole, like, mindset for Nebula and Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think
0: the timing works. Still. Like, this the, came just, out after Guardians of the Galaxy. Still,
1: just copy, copy everything Joanna Mason's doing in this. She's so good in 30 seconds.
0: Well, it's, it's not even 30, it's like three seconds, you're just like, oh shit, it's Joanna Mason, like. Like, suddenly the whole screen lights up. She's there for just this fleeting moment. And you're like, wow, I didn't realize how much I missed her in this dour fucking movie I've been watching.
1: I would love to see a Jenna Malone one-man show, or one-woman show, where she just does the Hunger Games, but with her as Katniss. Okay. Or as all the characters. Um, yeah, so those are top three moments.
0: Alright, any complaints?
1: Uh, it's just a weird movie, like... Yeah, my main
0: issue is just the source material. Um, Yeah. I mean, they they did what they could. I I guess I was kind of hoping that, like, they would use the opportunity of the movie to be like, hey, let's fix some of the things that are really not good about that last book. But instead, they seem to basically just be trying to hew as close to the source material as they can, which, I mean, I... I don't know. I guess like you're supposed to respect the author, or whatever in that instance. Like you wouldn't want somebody to like go crazy with like J.K. Rowling's work or something. But right. um, if I ever mean, there was a book that could use a little improvement on screen, it's Mockingjay.
1: Well, I mean, this part of it, this part of the story, is really about Katniss as the figurehead. She's not like you know this this direct, physically acting uh, participant in the story, um, which makes a lot of sense for the book, and it works a lot better in a book. I felt like in the movie, though, like you didn't have, I don't know, like that one great moment or set piece that was like, yeah, that's why this needed to be Mm
2: -hmm.
1: its own thing. It didn't need to be one. I mean, I I appreciate this is a movie that's only two hours long after coming out of something like Spectre. (laughs) But like, I don't know, like just do one Mockingjay movie that's like two hours and 45 minutes.
0: You probably could have compressed this whole movie into, like, 40 minutes, I think. Yeah. You'd have to throw some stuff out. I mean, it's, like, nice to get these character moments and whatnot, but this is a movie and not a TV show, so certain expectations. Um, I did think they kind of fell back into the habit of showing stuff away from Katniss's perspective that really didn't have much to do with her. Mm-hmm. Like, in the second movie, I think they did a really good job of using scenes that she wasn't in to kind of point back to her like you know like what's going on with Katniss whereas here it was just like here's other stuff that's more interesting than Katniss crying right um which fine whatever I just I don't know to me I'm I'm a stickler about perspective and movies and whatnot I think you your main character is your main character and you gotta live with it right um and then just my last complaint is uh I think this movie is like brought to you by the color beige like, did they save money by only shooting in one color? It's so drab and dull to look at, and it's just not visually fun at all. I mean, the so, the, the sequence at the end is kind of neat, you know, like dropping through the uh, the train center. But other than that, it just looks like garbage.
1: I came to appreciate the drab, like, jumpsuits of District 13 when I saw the weird cult robes that they wear otherwise. Do they have robes? Yeah, well, like...
0: You mean, like, the medical outfits?
1: But it's like, it's like... Patient outfits, but they wear them more like out than it's just. I don't know. I just I felt like uh, Finnick was about to drink the uh, Kool Aid. and Wait for the comet to come every five seconds. I, I
0: think that's because he's in like the medical ward, is why he's dressed but, like that. But I
1: think other people wear them elsewhere in the movie. Who I, I'm going to presume are not all in like a day pass from the, uh, the med bay. Hmm. I, I mean, the District Thirteen, the whole the whole set design too is basically like. I think you're ship. just thinking
0: of like the medical outfits that like Prim and her mom wear. Because hmm. everybody else is just wearing jumpsuits.
1: Yeah, we are jumpsuits. But it's basically like, the whole District is is like designed like a spaceship.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, lots of... I'm sure they were having fun having, like... Uh, I mean, what are they recalling, like, Metropolis here? A hmm. little bit. Uh, like, some, like, Brazil, maybe. Having yeah. fun with, the, you know, this kind of, like, awful, dystopian, underground city things and whatnot. But... It, it's not, it's like, I missed the green of the first two movies.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I will say, about perspective, the only thing that I liked about this is uh, you get to see uh, PSH having, like, essentially the same conversation with a different president on a different side of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, does he seem like he's playing it
0: older? He seems like he's playing it a little more compassionate, maybe. I mean, some of that is probably just because he he doesn't have to act like a dispassionate game maker anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, let's uh, move on to the source material. Uh, so, in the book, Coin is it President Coin? Just I I President Coin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Coin. She was. She wanted to prioritize uh, rescuing Peta over Katniss in the last games, but the, basically the rest of the rebels like overruled her uh cuz she knew that Peeta would be a much better spokesperson than Katniss and Katniss would be a much better martyr and like she's kind of like the one who understood that about Katniss so they, they don't really make that distinction in the movie at all
1: right well they don't show her i feel like in the movie to be as fully as duplicitous as snow in certain regards um but she has her
0: little speech at the end which i mean a lot of that you just have to read into but yeah all and right. then
1: it's, it's probably a lot of stuff like fodder for the second
0: one. In the book, one of the conditions Katniss has is that she has uh, permission to hunt for a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. Give like the they make a big deal about how there's plenty of food in District 13, or at least enough to live off of. But like it's it's all the same, and like nobody gets more, or you know, it's like perfectly assigned to meet your dietary needs. And so she can hunt, but then she still has to give the food back to like the kitchens or whatever. Like, they're just all eating, like, protein paste and, like, weird shit like that. Um, big change is that Effie is never at District 13 in the book. She only just, like, magically reappears at the end of the book. Um, instead, her prep team, I don't know if you remember those three. Like the, this Flavius seems- oh. and the other two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember them. They're there instead. I, I think it was probably a good idea to bring Effie in instead. because Because she, she it brings some much-needed humor to the movie
1: in life and mm-hmm. like i said when they showed up in the uh, second one i was like you weren't even a presence in the first movie yeah yeah.
0: Like- <laughs> yeah i love the uh in this hunger for justice it's such a bad line and i like how in the book she thinks about how like that line was probably like focus grouped and workshops like for months to come up with like you know what's the what's going to be like the perfect marketing line for their stupid propaganda mm-hmm. hunger for justice <laughs> Let's see. Oh, there's a whole thing in the book where Katniss's bow that uh, BT gives her, because mm-hmm. BT is now like Q. Like he works, Q for, for, he the works for Q branch. Yeah. Um, he gives her, he makes her a special bow that is somehow like attuned to her voice or some bullshit. And it's like, it knows, it recognizes her, but it never goes anywhere. Like it's never a plot point. It, it means nothing to the story. I don't know why it's even in the book. It seems like something that they, that suzanne collins like had an idea that she was gonna do and then like forgot about it and they never edited it out or something uh so it makes sense not to mention that in the movie
1: is it gonna be like a james bond gun thing where like only katniss can fire the bow because honestly it's just pulling us. yeah back it's it
0: never clear <laughs> it's like oh it's attuned to your voice and like she'll like tell it to go to sleep and stuff it's like what what is the point of this
1: does it talk to her yeah i don't know if we should do this katniss
0: Yes, the talks her in that voice. She seems really <laughs> Same nice. as uh, Ashley Marin's fridge. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, I love you,
0: uh, Cresita. I believe that's Nellie Dormer's character's name. She's all the way bald in the book. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think some, yeah. the half-shaved look—that's a pretty good look.
1: It's a good look. She no out- complaints. She out skrillex, and that's a lot of skrillexing. Um, and also, she's she's amazing. She is like my my interim Joanna Mason in this.
0: Yeah. Her sheer presence. You hold on to her. You're just watching her in yeah. every scene. I mean, maybe that's just me because I have a big crush on Natalie Dormer, but oh, she God. she definitely brings something to this movie.
1: I really hope she has at least one scene of Jenna Malone mm-hmm. in the next one. Mm-hmm. I hope they can just, like, share a meaningful glance. I could I could attach a lot of years of my life to just that, that meaningful glance.
0: Apparently, she ad-libbed, like, 30% of her dialogue in this movie, <laughs> just based on, like, watching what Francis Lawrence did. Hmm. Uh, During production, she's like, oh, I'll just, you know, say the kind of stuff he says (laughs) I like that, which is
1: (laughs) tell your director (laughs) that you're going to model your character after him. I guarantee you not a single one of your scenes will ever be cut. Yeah.
0: Uh, Let's see any other book stuff. It's never like when when the bombers come after Katniss at District 8 there like you see that it's like they're like specifically trying to like make her feel but feel bad for going to the hospital that obviously you don't get that perspective in the uh the book you never know if it was just a coincidence or what
1: right uh, also gail like his shot doesn't connect at all does it
0: i think he gets another one on a second pass okay or something like that what did you think about her hunting
1: um it doesn't mean a whole lot in this movie, I felt like. It was kind of vague.
0: Well, I feel like they've kind of worked in a thing in the movies where she's reluctant to hunt after the first games. Yeah. Like, she, she had PTSD flashbacks and or, like, visions or whatever in the last movie. Mm-hmm. And in this one, she, like, can't, you know, metaphorically pull the trigger on the, the like, deer that she's seeing because it's not scared of her. Um, that's not there in the book. Like to the very bitter end of the book, she has like no problem killing animals and eating them. But I feel like they they worked it into the movies to make her a little bit more aware of what she's doing. I, I think it's probably better
1: in the movies. Uh, well, like the whole thing of Jack Quaid in the second one really reminds you of the first one. Effectively, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean this one. It works, but also, you know, just her going out for a nature walk or whatever mm-hmm. can make a lot of sense after like the the stuffy claustrophobia of District Thirteen. Well,
0: especially somebody who's used to being outdoors constantly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's is, see. Is
1: the it. is the pearl a big thing in the uh, book or a thing at yes. all? Yes,
0: she's constantly taking out that pearl and fingering it. Okay. Because that's that's her peta, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they. I think in the book they do a lot better job of making it implicit that every propo she does is just visiting more pain and death on Peta, uh, and she's like losing her mind constantly. Mm -hmm. And we get that somewhat in the movie, but it's you know it's easier in a book to communicate that.
1: And that's not the parts of the book that bother me. Yeah, I feel like to me the the book went off the rails once Peta comes back.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. We're not even off the rails in the book yet in this movie. Um, What did you think about the song?
1: Um, I thought it was a weird single for the revolution to drop during the middle of this war. Um
0: I just love in the book there's just like several pages of Katniss like interpreting the lyrics of the song. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I'm I'm reading a seventeen a year old interpret song lyrics. What yeah. am I doing with my life?
1: Katniss is thirty three and the third. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh,
0: there was a lot of, like, brooding shots of her and Gale. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to communicate something about their relationship or what. Like, while, well, you know, like, the montage plays the song out. I don't know. Fucking Gale. No, oh, we'll get to Gale. Um, and then, obviously, the, the scenes of Coin and the others in the control room during the bombing raid, those are not in the book. I uh-huh. guess it kind of add a little bit, at least explains what's going on. I this That scene, I think, would be more an example of, like, explaining what Katniss is thinking in her head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of stuff you need to show to make sense of the narrative as opposed to, like, let's just sh- go show, like, the lumber people rebelling because Katniss the fucking, is boring.
1: The fucking lumber people.
0: Their plan of, like, ambush was that's, bad.
1: That's a lot of, like, people who die.
0: <laughs> You've all got axes in your hand. I'm just saying. Why don't you just turn around?
1: There's more of them. Yeah, the uh, the peacekeepers—they could have just like jumped at them. They didn't just have like to give
0: leave. the signal, and everybody just, like turns around and buries an axe in the peacekeeper's neck. You know?
1: Well, how about we just let like thirty of you jump in front of the bullets mm-hmm. while five of us climb up a tree?
0: Their tactics mostly seem to be running into bullets until the uh, the peacekeepers run out of bullets.
1: You know, if you're going to get shot, running away from the bullet and running towards the bullet really is just a matter of like milliseconds. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you have that many explosives, and you have them that expertly, like, keyed up. Why does it involve you walking, like, three miles into the woods? For what if,
0: like, like, I don't know, like, would you be expected to go up the trees at some point anyway? Like, yeah. maybe just, like, wait for a good opportunity to, like, you know, get a surprise attack and, and then try to finish them off? I don't know. I didn't like their tactics.
1: It was dumb.
0: Yeah. I guess again, the military strategy from Lumberjacks, What are you going to do? <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, just move into some general discussion here
1: uh, Kat, i was very this, I was very curious about the subterranean engineering of thirteen, and it's like power sources and stuff. like it had to all be in place before, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, this was like an old like like nuclear facility or something or other. I thought the gigantic like open shaft down the middle seemed wrong to me from an engineering perspective like it if you somehow right. got like a like a bunker buster bomb through that it would go like all the way to the bottom you
1: yeah. know and then everything would just fall down yeah. yeah it seemed right from a death star perspective though
0: speaking of death star you know it's katniss is joining the rebellion now you're like oh so she's gonna be like a general or something right mm-hmm. wrong like, like when, she, she gets when nothing Holland
1: shows up and he's immediately a general and yeah shows up and he's immediately a general and leia shows up and she's immediately a general except for poor luke who it might makes, be the most effective He's a commander. He's yeah. just a commander. Well, it's like, they
0: don't give her an X-Wing. They don't even give her a rank. They're just like, you're this weird, like, feral, annoying teenage girl that we, ha- we have to put up with.
1: Well, as we learned from that, from that photo, uh, President Snow is part of the Rebellion in mm-hmm. uh, Force Awakens. I'll bet
0: they made him a general. Yeah.
1: So is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. She's there. I bet she's a general. Mm-hmm.
0: Katniss, just an annoying complication. It's it's on the one hand, it's like, well, yes, in a real rebellion, I'm sure that's how it would be. But it's like, that's not a lot of fun. <laughs> you no. Know? Like, this this whole series is so weird. It's like, hey, we're going to, like, you know, have, like, a, for once in our lives, like, a, you know, a female action hero lead of this movie. And we're just going to shit on her constantly. Whoa. And, and so, nothing's going to be fun forever.
1: Speaking of shit. Mm-hmm. They act like Gale is now a military grunt expert, oh, not some overzealous mine worker. Let's be honest. They
0: made you. him a general.
1: He totally just leveraged his relationship with Katniss to get more prominent military billing, right? Oh yeah. And was he just like, I have some conditions too?
0: Oh, he technically, he like you know led the survivors of District Twelve or whatever, but yeah. Uh, He's not even as good a shot as Katniss is. He uses a crossbow. That's all I'm saying. You know how I feel about crossbows.
1: Yeah. And uh, Rose is like, you know, we have high-powered uh, machine guns here. Are you mm-hmm. sure you don't want just like a fucking crossbow?
0: Well, he's got to like tie, you know, tie in with what Katniss is doing. They're, you know, weird propaganda.
1: Well, I feel like he's totally trying to edge her out too, as like the hero of the uh, the propos as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he starts a grandstand a little when he's telling his story. He's like, oh, I could have saved more, and it's like, whoa, settle down there. Yeah. This is in list. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The girl in the red dress showed up. I like how they're pretty much exactly using the Quinjets from the Avengers. Basically, yeah. I mean, you could make the argument uh, that this is is like the the world where the Avengers lose.
0: (laughs) Where we all lost, yeah.
1: (laughs) And they're not avenging it properly like uh, Tony Stark advised in the Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, her stepping on a skull is like post-apocalyptic devastation porno. I mean, that's what District 12 became.
0: Well, there was a little bit too much of her just, like, like wallowing in the ash and bones, like, on her hands and knees. And then it just, like, cuts away after a while. It's like, all right,
1: enough of that. She's going to start smearing on her face. Yeah. She's going to start, like, caressing the dirt, kissing it. Um, Did the Capitol purposely not level her McMansion? Like, that would be an interesting tactic in a literal bout of class warfare.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if it was like intentional or just because it was kind of away from everything else, but that was convenient.
1: Also, I bet that cat totally pissed in that bag.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, like here's your
1: cat. You need to wash this fucking thing, it stinks.
0: What'd you think of Boggs? Uh so the played guy by uh Ma <laughs> Ali, I hope I'm pronouncing that right.
1: Probably not. He's from yeah. House of Games and the forty four hundred before that. I think you mean so- House of Cards? House of Cards, sorry, in the 4400. He basically is just there, like the security chief, who like escorts her from one meeting to another. <laughs> I think he's actually here's supposed to
0: be like really high up in the command, but yeah. He
1: says he's the head of security for yeah. their team, but he's just like, here's your plane, here's your meeting, here's another meeting. Okay, do you want anything to drink?
0: I found it was hard to trust this guy, just because his character on House of Cards is the only thing I've seen him in, and he's such like a snake in that show.
1: Yeah. Um... I really want Caesar Flickman to moderate the Republican debates.
0: I don't know. You're more up on Caesar Flickman than I am. He, he seems evil to me.
1: He's totally evil. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, the quarters one of, woman's opinion. The course of 13, I have to say for it being basically a ginormous space station or spaceship, they're not too shabby. I mean, they could be a lot more constricted.
0: I guess. Yeah. I mean, mm, um, we got here but don't you feel like
1: the movie gets a shot in the arm when
0: effie shows up it does uh before we get to that there's the coin like kind of she basically gives us like the the verbal previously's Mm -hmm. uh she has like this like long explanation to katniss which it's kind of funny you know we're talking about all these very serialized movie franchises how they catch an audience up on what's come before Mm -hmm. and like in this one they basically just have coin like tell us everything they should like let us know what the new stakes are
1: they should have had Katniss have like a dream sequence or something. I felt like she did a better one.
0: Yeah. She had dreams of PETA coming to. Yeah. That, her she, had
1: the, she had the one where he comes to comfort her in the bed in her quarters in 13. Yeah. 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 But I mean like the dream sequence where it's like basically the previously on footage.
0: Yeah. That would seem horrible to me personally. Okay. Um, I I, I think if you've done it well, you don't need to do the previously. So I guess I'll say that.
2: Hmm.
1: Other than having Julian Moore, like, verbally deliver it to you.
0: That was a little on the nose, but... <laughs> Julian Moore to her most, like, brittle and cold. Um, and, and meanwhile, like, Plutarch is in the background reading a book or something. <laughs> I couldn't stop staring. I'm like, what are you doing back there? It's like just... It's almost like he, he feels awkward. And so he's, like, just focusing really intently on this book in his hand. Like, oh, this is suddenly very interesting.
1: <laughs> he's reading Deathly Hallows. Yeah. poor fred <laughs> he's just like fucking madungus.
0: yeah i think it's coin who says she can't handle it the game's destroyed her which is like yeah that's basically the theme of this movie mm-hmm. and kind of this whole series
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's a happy thought
1: spoiler how the stories will end
0: yeah yeah, I should mention, I'll try not to spoiler anything from part two, since theoretically uh, people haven't seen that movie yet and they may not have read the books. Um, but yeah, you were mentioning the clothing. I didn't have a problem with the gowns. I had a problem with all their like jumpsuits. The collars are too high. It makes them all look really weird.
1: Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Especially like Gale looks especially odd.
1: Oh, it looks like uh, like a garage sale from like a South American coup. Sure. Speaking of which, aiding rebels—aiding rebels is not really my forte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he shows
0: up, and it's just like, oh, I didn't realize how much I missed you.
1: Seriously. <laughs> well, like you said on Twitter, the look that she gives Julianne Moore—it <laughs> just, you know, who could use a revolution? That, that hair. hair. <laughs>
0: yeah you you seriously needed that it just becomes like the like plutarch and effie show for a while
1: let me just point out that she says i thought that at least in the higher ranks there would be some side action
0: <laughs> which i want to say that line might actually be either plutarch's or his like assistance in the book but it definitely works with effie
2: okay
0: <laughs> i think katniss should have been just carrying that cat around in a bag through like the entire movie just like it, like, you know, hiss and meow occasionally.
1: Or like throw it at somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank God they were able to recover the lost fashion notebooks of Cinna.
0: <laughs> yeah, his his last work in this major rebellion was to like design a new outfit for Cadness.
1: Well, in an in a updated Mockingjay pin that I don't think will show up very well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, all black. Probably not going to pop too much on camera.
1: I wanted her to uh, uh, switch like pins with like Foggy Bottom or Foggy Nelson from uh, Daredevil. I, I, I want to say his was like silver or gold, hmm. something that would pop.
0: Do you notice like uh, when Boggs escorts her onto like the little Avengers Quinjet? Hmm. The shot like goes on for another minute as he like he walks, walks away. away. As it like this is like the ultimate in excessive landing pad shots. Yeah, where it's like we didn't really need to see it take off. Uh, We could, you know, like, it's like, uh, I think, I want to say it was the Phantom Menace where this like first became a thing, like now that CGI could show us the ship taking off, they have to show it, Uh, whereas before it would usually just like cut to like, you know, the vehicle in the air, but it's like now they can show it, so they have to show it to us.
1: I think if anybody from the production team tells you that, oh no, we weren't padding everything out as much as possible, they're lying. Mm. Oh yeah. Like the whole blowing up the hydro station, like...
0: Once oh. again, bad tactics. Yeah. I mean, I think they all just got, like, got swept away by the flood that that thing caused, right?
1: Yeah, you, they, they all died moments mm-hmm. later. They're <laughs> like, Cheer maybe us. a
0: 10-second fuse, maybe, maybe a minute fuse next time. Mm. Yeah. My notes just say Katniss is sad, and there's a lot of rubble and ash, and J-Law is laying it on a little thick.
1: Oh, the Hollywood grandeur of those propaganda ads.
0: What did you think before we get to the propaganda stuff, what did you think of Snow's speech that he gives after the very tropey like being cut shaven scene?
1: Eh. Um, let me also just say that I fucking hate Robert Nepper. Creeps me out. Of course Was he's it? Snow's top military advisor.
0: Oh, is he the the other guy?
1: Yeah, he's like the, the general guy, whereas the woman's like the the speech writer, the I can't, political advisor.
0: I can't trust that lady either. She cheated on Saul. Yeah, seriously oh uh, yeah his speech not very convincing his whole like heart metaphor
2: huh.
0: it's like but the districts don't get shit from the capital you know? right. it's like it's a one-way relationship
1: yeah <laughs> we're the heart and you're basically all the colon mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um oh and pita's collar I got to talk about his oh. when he's wearing the white suit and he has this weird kind of like spike in the middle of his oh, collar. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like right
1: up at the Adam's apple? It's it like poking yeah. right
0: into his neck and chin. Like I, that's the only thing I saw during that scene was just mm-hmm. like watching his neck and being yeah. poked.
1: It had to be intentional, right? Because same way. I kept staring at it.
0: Oh, you know what I did like was when uh, like Snow says that like all... all Imagery of the mocking jays, like you know, an actor trees treason or whatever, and like his granddaughter starts undoing her braid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he should have then like pulled out a gun and shot her in the head.
1: <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, that's
0: how that's how serious I am about. That's this. how I
1: roll. I'm Donald Sutherland, so you believe this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you just got me thinking. Like, how great would have Mandy Patinkin been in like any role in this movie?
0: He would have been a cool plutarch. <laughs>
1: My name is Plutarch Dark Heavensby. You killed my family. Prepare to die. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that fucking spike. I'm watching it right now. I mean, jo- Josh Hutcherson, a little bit of a raw deal in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we're just going to film you in front of a green screen so we can keep shrinking your body and it's going to look so freakish by the end of the movie that audiences will look away in horror.
1: <laughs> so I hope you weren't trying to be a sex symbol or anything. Well...
0: I mean, PETA as a character, this, this the book and, of course, the movie, it breaks one of my personal storytelling rules. You never brainwash your main protagonist. It's just it's never fun for your main characters that you like to not be themselves. Mm. Like, do you remember when the, in like True Blood, I think it was season four or like the whole season, like Eric was like, like had amnesia or whatever. That's well, never fun. Like, you do that, like, briefly for in a comic aside or something, but, like, nobody wants to see a character they like suddenly not be themselves.
1: I, I agree with you, especially with that example. I know a lot of people, the Eric fans, would disagree with us just because copious shots of him, like his ass. How could he like...
0: be an Eric fan and like that, though? I mean, other than just, like, the nudity.
1: I think that's one of the last things that got carried over from the books.
0: I'm just saying, it's it's never a good idea to to fuck with a character like that. Yeah, as we'll see more in the next movie.
1: Uh real or imagined?
0: Not real. Um, uh, so let's talk about the very awkward propaganda sequence.
1: So I feel like the rebellions ads get both silly and way too meta when the Mockingjay graphic pops up at the end.
0: And it's the exact same one that they use in the trailers. Well, it's like they're not That's weird.
1: It's like they're advertising a movie that you can not only see, but die in. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's like this German of an idea here about how like Katniss has, she's being prepped and manufactured for the Rebels, just like she was in the Hunger Games. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they're not that different or whatever. I don't think either the books or the movies really executes it very well. It's like I, I kind of see where they're going for, but I don't think it lands. Um, but then that the sequence where they have her and like the weird, I mean, it might as well be a green screen room. Um, and they're like showing how awkward it is to film stuff like in a, in a you know, boring environment and then put stuff in behind it. 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 It's interesting, but to me, it's like I don't know how you don't think about the making of this movie at the same time when you're watching that. And thinking, like, oh, I all these action scenes of Katniss, like, when she shot that helicopter or jet down, she's probably in a green screen there, too. Yeah. Um, I just not It, thinking... like, breaks the immersion in the movie. Like, you don't want your audience to start thinking about that, I guess.
1: Well, I'm staring at the, uh, the overlay green screen image from the one where she's, like, flubbing the ad. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, did they shoot these extras separately? Are they CGI? Can they do that? <laughs> Do they have, like, a whole ILM down in District 13?
0: Yeah, they've got some serious uh, computer graphics artists down in District 13 there. (laughs) Is that, like, stock footage or... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and then, like, J-Law's wearing a wig through this whole movie, too. Like, it just adds to the artifice of everything.
1: Yeah. Whereas Natalie Dormer wouldn't shave her fucking head.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... I don't know, it's... It was funny to watch, but it just, I don't, it's, it's bold. I'll say that to like right in the middle of your big budget, like Hollywood movie, be like, Hey, look how fake this is. Yeah. But it kind of seems like the, the movie wants to have its cake and eat it too there. Cause it's like, Oh Katniss, like we have a, a new outfit and bow for you to like do propaganda stuff in, but it's also real and you get to be a badass with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now go by the action figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like they were like this close. I feel like to having a scene where like Coyne and and Plutarch have her approve action figures.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, like lunch boxes. <laughs> uh, and I like that. That's that's when Hamish makes his grand entrance, mm-hmm. uh, just to kick some dirt on Katniss's acting. There, mm-hmm. and he's just like, look how bad of an actor she is. And this is weird. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, 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 not that. When did you actually like her?
0: <laughs> well, you know what I liked about that scene? is like, Hey Mitch just decided, you know what? I did get made a general, and I'm just going to act like it.
1: <laughs> Erase something. Hope that wasn't important.
0: Yeah. <laughs> With, like, can't just use a whiteboard. It has to be like a digital whiteboard. Yeah. That, like, recognizes, like, uh, writing and turns it into text. Yeah, that was a little overdone. Yeah. But he's basically decided, like, yeah, I might as well be a general in this army.
1: Hey. I'm just so glad we didn't have to watch the fucking hand acting of like the weird, like holograph things. Oh, thank God. Of yeah. You spread it out, and throw it out and grab it and move it around and spin it and all that bullshit.
0: That's got to be one of the worst modern tropes in, in movies and TV.
1: But it's Minority Report where that started, right?
0: Yes. That's who we can blame for all that bullshit.
1: And then it like went crazy with Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark.
0: Well, and then and, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just it's offensively dumb how, yeah. how much they do it. Yeah. Instead, we just get a virtual whiteboard. (laughs) When did Katniss ever make you like her? No, seriously.
1: No, no. Not when Peeta made you like her. (laughs) It's like, they could have just had like a cloud, like a personal cloud move over her and start raining on her the whole movie too.
0: (laughs) And they're all like, hmm. (laughs) um, Like waiting for somebody to say something.
1: (laughs) That thing with Rue? Yeah. Oh, wait, are we supposed to like her? Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: And Gail's like, I shouldn't even be sitting at this table. Yeah.
0: Gail's just like, can we get to the complaints? Yeah. I have a lot.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, he gets a kiss from Katniss, and then he makes her feel oh,
0: shitty about it. Oh, oh, let me find that part in my notes. He's such a fucking dick. He's yeah. just like, oh, you only kiss me when I'm in pain. I can't ever compete with PETA because he's in more pain than me. It's like, fuck off, Anakin Skywalker.
1: Well, first, first, also the setting is appropriate because it's in her home where she's surrounded by these lost memories of her family and her life.
0: (laughs) It's just like, don't worry, Katniss, it'll pass. Like, wow, I guess, I guess this is your new strategy, Gale, is you're just going to be a dick and like play hard to get or something?
1: Well, I guess he'll have to be comforted by like the cold grab of stardom that he's like lurched toward.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's got his, like, 13 groupies.
1: Oh, just imagine how filthy the groupies are in just like 13.
0: No, they have showers. Mm. I'm sure they're at least hygienic. I, I, th- I think if you're talking about groupies from 12 or 13, I'd probably, I'd probably want to go with 13 there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they would just be pale.
0: Mm-hmm. Very pasty. Mm.
1: That's cool. Uh, yeah um i mean, we, i guess it's better than the fake tan that is like coal dust
0: <laughs> i can't remember why i wrote this in my notes but i wrote boggs is not on team gale i think he does something at some point to kind of like put him in his place
1: well like there's a there's like a what's up bro nod they share in the quinjet mm-hmm. and i like when when gale does his cool guy james dean nod i wanted boggs to be like
0: whatever mm-hmm.
1: i don't even know what you're here for
0: yeah what do you do you carry a crossbow <laughs> yeah. i did like effie and Hamish kind of flirting but mm-hmm. like there was maybe some more you could go there i wonder if they'll they'll do a little more of that in the next one they, they i mean you figure they've known each right? other for a long time i mean they they definitely banged at one point you'd think
2: yeah
0: yeah oh and i liked another moment i did like is uh when they're talking about actually sending katniss out in the field and uh coin is like and if you get killed and katniss is like make sure you get it on camera like it's like those two understand each other in a weird way.
1: Moves and counter moves. Mm-hmm. Just imagine the role playing between Effie and Haymitch. No. <laughs> Haymitch is like, tonight I want to be Haymitch. And she's like, no.
0: And then we get to meet Caster and Pollux. Yeah. Caster did nothing for me. I did like Pollux.
1: Pollux is the guy from Daredevil? The Avox?
0: Oh, is that the guy from Daredevil? Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't even realize that. Yeah, I
1: keep I keep saying Foggy Bottom by accident.
0: Yeah, Foggy Nelson. Foggy Nelson. Um, in he the eventually book... found
1: out that Karen and uh, Matt are together, right? Are they together? More so than Karen's with him.
0: Well he got back with his like law That's partner right. chick. Yeah, so people... he he can't complain or anything. I don't I don't think that he's totally together with Karen. Though we're talking about Daredevil now. Um, I I don't know. I'd have to watch the last few episodes again.
1: This is all about Daredevil now. Um, it's not
0: like they hooked up or anything.
1: Not yet, especially with Electra coming. Mm-hmm. Um, like Prim has some backwards priorities as like a sheltered, confused little girl, but Katniss's mom continues to be all kinds of worthless. Uh, she,
0: I mean, she's more worth. Or she's worth more than in the first book, where she like literally is worthless and doesn't do anything for the family. Stares off into space. Yeah. I know in the book Catherine Pollux they she always describes them as the insects because they have these like weird full body like steady cam rigs that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because like you see even in this movie, like they have like these like weird little shell things they have on their back, but like there's no reason that you would need that much for a steady cam with like the technology that they have. Like I feel like maybe that's just Suzanne Collins not really understanding how cameras work.
1: Right. Well it's basically they had like a camera on either side of their head. Mm-hmm. And, like, Natalie Dormer had the uh the dailies on an well, iPad in front of her.
0: You know, this movie has too many characters. That is one of the issues with it. Some of them probably could have been cut. Like, Natalie Dormer's assistant, mm-hmm. I think his name is Masala. Like, there's no reason for that dude to be in the movie.
1: Well, yeah, she has an assistant and two cameramen. Yeah, two cameramen and an assistant. Which I kept thinking, like, so this basically became documentary footage. Because during the point where, like, Gale and Katniss are talking. And then the whole, like, you burn with us, mm-hmm. like... You're getting both cameramen in the shot.
0: They're in the fucking shot. That drove me nuts. There's a couple editing things in that sequence um, that it just made it seem like, I don't know, they're like 180 degree rule. Like there were some issues there. When her and Gail go off on the roof and they like shut the, shoot those planes down, mm-hmm. doesn't it seem like the planes then crash into the
1: hospital they're trying to protect? Yeah, I, I glanced at my phone for a moment and I was just like... Is she the one who's really responsible for the bombing of the hospital? I don't think it's
0: supposed to be that way, but the way it's edited, it kinda seems like yeah, yeah. like, oh you fucked up, Katniss. You thought you were gonna be a hero and shoot a plane down and it crashed into the hospital. Which instead. wouldn't
1: that wouldn't that send like be a much more accurate message that Yeah, you did something that caused their ship to crash in the hospital and now you're gonna take credit for the fact that they bombed the hospital?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the editing on that was weird. And then when she's giving her big speech to the camera, and suddenly she just turns around and starts facing the other way and talking. It's like, what are you doing? Who yeah. are you talking to?
2: Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, there's another camera guy right behind you. So I guess you're both in the shot now. But like, yeah, there's, no there's
1: the director and the other mm-hmm. cameraman in the background. Nellie Dormer, so you are just feel gonna like, like drop
0: a boom mic into the middle of the frame too. Like, what are you doing?
1: I feel like Nellie Dormer's character was just like one of my conditions was nobody knows I'm doing this right. <laughs> Yeah. Now I can't go back to the capital.
0: I feel like I've had enough of the. Uh, there's an explosion, and then it's like nothing but ringing noises on the soundtrack as people yeah. gather their uh, their their wits about them. Like that was executed so perfectly in Saving Private Ryan, and it's just beginning ripped off ever since then.
1: I didn't mind it in Children of Men.
0: Oh yeah. Well, they had a good line about it too. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, combining, you know, speaking our, of Julianne Moore, our loves of Koron and Julianne Moore. Man, I want to go watch Children of Men again.
0: kind of want to watch Boogie Nights now. It's uh, on Netflix now, guys. Phil Seymour Hoffman and Julianne Moore there.
1: Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Yes. No, I'm sorry. Can I just say, it's funny you say that because we should be in a band.
0: <laughs> speaking of the camera, too, there are a couple of weird shots where it's like, It'll be the smooth pan across, like, watching them, like, run through the building, you know, the warehouse or whatever. And then suddenly the camera starts moving, like, kind of, like, shaky handheld following them. It's just weird. I I don't really like that style, I guess. Where, like, you don't know it's a handheld camera until it starts moving halfway through the shot. It's just strange.
1: Oh, it's a dangerous reminder of the first movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really. It's Like, flashbacks. (laughs) PTSD from Hunger Games Part 1. And then Cadna shoots down a plane and it destroys the hospital she's trying to protect. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the price of war.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the the music tone is like straight out of the trailer. That is just a step too far, I think.
1: Music. T- oh, oh, the
0: uh... in the propos, yeah, yeah, they yeah. use like the same whistle. Like that to me is like it's like you really want to remind your audience that they're watching a movie right now. You we want to take them out of it as much as possible.
1: Well, then. <sighs> I mean, I guess they were purpose you have to assume they were purposely flirting at that line. But then whereas that graphic I thought was way excessive at the end of catching fire. Mm-hmm. Like it does, they don't use it again until the very end of the credits at the end of this movie. And then they, oh, is the it at same. the end? I, I yeah, stopped watching. They do the, the same, like, it's super awkward. Where it goes on for like, like 20 minutes. of yeah, just, just like transforming, keeps flexing and changing positions and stuff. And well, I kept thinking, like, oh, this would be a good idea if it changed into a more defiant position every time, but it's just doing the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I did like there's some good work by Jennifer Lawrence when. Katniss is kind of realizing what a tool she's been made of by Coin mm-hmm. when she's kind of watching the propo and kind of seeing how this isn't benefiting her. Obviously, it's benefiting Coin, right? Um, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes here. Oh, um, when they're doing the shot where Gale's like telling his story about what like a hero he is for rescuing everyone, yeah. and like Chrisette is just like, "Oh yeah, that's good. Just get on him, you know, follow him." Like, was he mic'd up? like are they getting this cuz he's facing away from the camera well, it's like are you going to adr this later like
1: well like don't I, I was thought like at one point don't they need to pause where they just get like like microphone background noise
0: yeah all right say something all right one more time
1: yeah yeah i mean it, you know being a cameraman's not easy especially like uh, in the in the field documentary like photographer it's not easy to do i guess it's...
0: they just have really magical microphones in the hunger games world
1: well, then they brought back like the super dollied up like HD camera and snows like presidential mansion. Mm hmm. I thought like, do you do we even need to steadicam guys? Like, is there, is there like a robot that could do
0: this? <laughs> just hold up a phone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Natalie Dormer's just got like an iPhone 12.
0: Mm-hmm. She's a documentarian. Uh, I thought it's funny that the capitals like signal blockers or whatever bullshit technology that was. Mm-hmm. Seems to like use the same technology as like the Nakatomi Plaza vault, where like you just cut the power and suddenly yep. you're in. Yep.
1: Epic, yeah, motherfuckers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So was Snow and Katniss's like conversation being broadcast to the whole country too?
0: I guess. And it's a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all got to listen to Finnick talking about being like pimped out by Snow and <laughs> was, like that whole revelation about like Snow, like he uses poison. It's like. Is this supposed to be shocking? Because, like, we've seen what a son of a bitch he is. Like, I can't say I'm very scandalized by learning that, like, he, like, takes out political rivals, you know?
1: Well, it's like, they haven't painted. Like, you live
0: in a fascist dictatorship. What what were you expecting?
1: Well, I mean, imagine if you're trying to win over the the people of the capital to your cause as well. It's like you've already painted them as, like, vicious monsters of an electorate or whatever. But I'm sure a lot of them are like, I wonder what kind of poison he uses. That's that's pretty smart thinking. Yeah, it was just it was like it was like watching a weird post-apocalyptic like deposition. Like it's going to start like describing, you know, some of the body parts that violated him.
0: Or, and this is the, the finale of your movie is like we're going to have this guy talk about how he was like pimped out like a boy toy. Hmm. And then like we're going to keep cutting to this raid that like you never really see the result of. Right. It's, which is very strange you know like you never even see them find anyone it just suddenly cuts in their back yeah uh, it like completely removes any tension like it's just such a strange ending well it's
1: like they were they were building it for me and then yeah they undercut it completely
0: well and they're like oh wait let's do a skype call yeah it's just like snow shows up he's all like kind of like preening and he has this like big close-up and he's smiling it was just so weird
1: well did he did he have to get a camera ready is that what took so long
0: maybe his makeup on
1: the three minutes of president snow Mm -hmm. president snow it's katniss president snow president snow i feel
0: everyone in the Capitol in the district is like god damn it i was trying to watch a tv show now i'm stuck with this bullshit he's not there shut
1: up katniss you just have to remember that the uh the leading movie that year was called ass Mm -hmm. it won eight oscars including best screenplay um (laughs) Is like does does Finnick know that he's no longer like live? Is he just like let me show you on the doll where they crush my soul? <laughs> like,
0: oh <laughs> well, no, I I do kind of wonder with this movie. Like, there's there's so many characters that Effie and Hamish, like they show up and it's like yay, and they just disappear. Yeah, for like large chunks of the movie, and then they come back. Like if you're if you're a casual viewer. I wonder, like you'd probably guess, that Effie is Effie. Would you know that, like Finnick was Finnick from the second movie, because he doesn't exactly look the same, doesn't and he exactly just cries constantly. Yeah. Like, would you, would you be able to piece together if those are the same characters?
1: Well, you know that that, that BD's made him a trident should he ever mm-hmm. want to use it, which doesn't seem as worthwhile on like. It, it, it's basically cityscapes. like
0: like Captain America's shield from the Last Avengers movie, where it has like magnets in it that he can call it back. Oh,
1: really? Um, I guess
0: we'll see that in the next movie.
1: But yeah, here's the guy who's like popping sugar cubes. Now he's just like, hey, everybody, I wish we were all dead. Welcome to the movie.
0: I don't know who you would cut, but it seems like it would have been good to like maybe make Effie and Hamish more part of the plot and some of these other characters. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that, but like it just seems like for large stretches of the movie, like certain characters are there or not there, you know?
1: I would have done fine with just the scene of Hamish and Plutarch having a beer while Effie has a cocktail.
0: Yeah. Oh, then the, the climax of the movie is like, oh, your protagonist is having a mental breakdown. Like, yeah. maybe you've made a wrong turn. I don't know.
1: After almost being choked out by PETA.
0: And they're like, oh, hey, turns out all these random details just fell into place and now we're going to do rescue mission. They're like, That's convenient.
1: The rage gasm that Pete is having, like, while we're straying to the chair <laughs> oh, at the a, end, yeah, is a very bizarre last image to leave it on.
0: <laughs> it's like out of a horror movie,
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It straight up is like you almost would have been better off, like, cutting back to Jenna Malone, just growling at the audience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, there's something like I don't know, like, I feel bad for uh, uh, Philip Seymour often when he's just like, it's called hijacking. <laughs> Like, he says of a straight face that I don't think would be possible for any other actor.
0: That's why they gave that line to him. Yeah. They're like, this guy's good. Trust me, he can sell it. He's got an Oscar. <laughs> His fear
1: has been redirected.
0: Well, so Julianne Moore has an Oscar, does she not? I believe so. I believe she does. Um, PSH has an Oscar. I don't think Woody Harrelson does. But, I mean, there's a there's some pedigree in the older actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're forced to say some really dumb shit. Right. Which is what I love about franchise movies. Because those those Oscar-winning actors, they want to get paid too, so they all show up in these movies. But you know
1: what, though, it's funny because it's like it's it's the the difference in perspective when it comes to American actors and like English thespians. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the Harry Potter movies, you know, I don't know if really per capita, like how many Oscars or Baftas, and Baftas don't mean anything to an American audience. Like how much is actually collected there. As opposed to just, like, Oh, there's credits. some
0: serious hardware in the Harry Potter credits.
1: But, I mean, like, even if they don't have any, like, they show up, and you're like, this is a serious film now. <laughs> See, it's like, meanwhile, but, you've got Woody Harrelson.
0: I mean, I, I like Woody. I, I do think there's something different about the kind of classically trained style that most British actors have gone through, as opposed to method. Mm-hmm. They, It seems like it makes them better at this sort of... Uh, at doing these sorts of movies where they have to say crazy things.
1: I think it's all the Shakespeare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're just good at selling like craziness and not trying to like, you know, internalize it and get into the, the, you know, the crux of the character type thing or anything like that.
1: Well, it's also fascinating too, because American actors are more likely to say no, uh, as shocking as it seems. Whereas British actors will never say no to a role.
0: Yeah. They'll do like, they'll just do random BBC stuff. It's much more of a, like a job over there.
1: So Michael Caine has a line, you know, like whenever somebody asks him, why did you do Jaws 3? <laughs> and he says, I'll tell you, I did it for the same reason I did anything else. They paid me a lot of bloody money. Yeah. Michael I was going to plug my nose and really try to do a Michael Caine impression, but it would not have taken.
0: Yeah, we I mean, just probably refrain from doing any more bad British accents.
1: <laughs> Clear talk, heavens be. <laughs> I was
0: just about to say that. Uh, let's see. Any other stuff here on this movie? Uh, Julianne Moore had like some weird contacts in that I didn't yeah. notice until the, her last scene with Katniss.
1: Oh, though, yeah, I didn't, I didn't put my finger on it, but I was like, man, her eyes are extra unsettling here.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it works. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look history. unnatural, but it, it does look unsettling.
1: Yeah. Well, as the movie progresses, Effie starts to look more and more like one of the uh, like Benny which witches from David Lynch's Dune.
0: <laughs> um, Gale's whole like they let us go Is very ham fisted like setting up Like the trap that's coming you know Yeah um, And then Coin's speech at the end I guess that's showing us that like she's Ascendant now like she doesn't really need the Mockingjay anymore yeah I think so Obviously you know no spoilers setting Some things up for the next movie
1: Right, right. Well, she's she's made a promise to her people. She's fulfilled that promise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I think she probably thinks that she has some capital to spend.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and she's definitely setting herself up as the kind of the instrumental hand in all of this. Like, mm-hmm. she did all this. Yeah.
2: hmm
1: mm-hmm. and, and anything that Katniss achieved was facilitated by her.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, did they think... let
1: her sister keep that fucking cat, after all, out of the kindness of their hearts.
0: like the cat. At the end, especially, I did think there was a little bit too much of catness like, speaking what her feelings were directly.
2: Mm, like,
0: yeah. I don't know. It's it's a fine line there, because you don't have the, uh, you know, you're not doing a narration or anything, but, like, sometimes it's like, maybe just let her emote more than, than just say, like, I am really sad for this reason.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, any other thoughts before we move on?
1: No. This one, you know, like I said, I enjoyed it more on this rewatch than I did the first time. I really didn't like it the first time I saw it. I enjoyed it a lot more, but it's also like when you really try to peel away there's a lot of surface tension, but not a whole lot beneath it. So as you really try to get into the movie, it's almost just exhausting.
0: Yeah, it's it's not super entertaining i guess you would say and just it's, in case
1: anyone is going to make the headcanon bingo card it's not goblet of fire exhausting
0: no no I, I couldn't even compare this to any of the uh harry potter movies not even the part one of deathly hallows it's it's a very different type of movie yeah
1: um <laughs> just try to picture who is cat is forced to like slow dance with
0: <laughs> hopefully joanna mason
1: yeah uh, and thus all my fan fiction begins.
0: There you go. Or it continues. So uh, um, make one change. What would you change? We could change only one thing about this movie.
1: Um, It needed something more. It needed like to have something expanded. It needed like a set piece to really hook itself on.
0: Like a, another action sequence or something?
1: That or... or... I don't know, just I mean, something it, where I'm like, this is the totem of which this movie like rises and falls.
0: It did seem like they're kind of going somewhere with the uh, breaking the rescue mission, you know? Yeah, and they're exactly. like building tension, building tension, building tension, and then just like, and they were just gonna wait and find out what happens.
1: Exactly, I was genuinely intrigued as they were building up, like the. I mean, I guess they're they're the ultimate the payoff there. The reveal is is unleashed when like PETA tries to strangle her or strangles her. Well, let me throw this
0: out. This isn't my make one change, but what if Katniss came on the rescue mission and they find him and like, you know, unchain him or or whatever, and he just like straight up attacks her. Like, wouldn't that have been a little bit more exciting to have her as part of that mission?
1: Yes, if it was on camera.
0: I don't like live broadcast. That seems like it'd be kind of a tip off to the Capitol.
1: i think that would be well i mean that's not to be necessarily live broadcast but i mean if they had the footage of that if somebody was seeing it i don't know i feel like that would be i could like,
0: see like maybe back in the control room but it would seem kind of dumb to broadcast that to the capital like hey look at us breaking in
1: <laughs> well so oh that's right would some okay so let me clarify was finnick like was his words being broadcast to the capital yes Okay, because that was the whole point of his broadcast was to basically jam their signal, their their block, and and right? distract
0: them at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it was whatever they were doing. Like the the Finick part of it was just like the the distraction on top of what they're really doing is like hacking into their system.
1: I mean, this movie relies on a certain thing that goes all the way back to like the dawn of like telecommunications as entertainment. I mean, this is basically like Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. To a certain re- regard, like, well, you know, you're going to be stuck around this, like, appointment television, this water mm-hmm. cooler moment television.
0: Well, I feel like there's there's these ideas there, especially with all the kind of reality TV stuff they get into a little bit in the first few books. It's like there's the germs of, like, what could be really interesting, mm-hmm. and, like, clever, uh, you know, deconstructions of media and whatnot. But it doesn't, it seems like the, the book and the movies, it's like, they have this brief thought like, ooh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting parallel. And then they just don't do anything with it. Right. You just kind of it's like if you work really hard in in your own headcanon, you can make it mean more than what's actually
1: there on screen or on page. But it yeah. could have been a lot hackier, though. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like it could have been like one of Coin's speeches could have been just her yelling like the revolution will be televised. and like She shoots a shot in the air. <laughs>
0: Well that that's not horrible. The first part's horrible. We're shooting a shotgun in the there would be awesome.
1: It's uh the president from idiocracy. <laughs> Shit. Shit's been fucked up for a while now.
0: Uh good old uh Hector I can't remember his whole name, but Mountain Dew is part of it. Uh, so my make Camacho. one ch- Yeah, Camacho. My make one change. Um in the book when Katniss goes and finds all those roses left in the crater, mm-hmm her break she like she she breaks down there and it's she kind of doesn't in the in the movie but i feel like they played it a lot better in the book where she's she all they need her to do is say 13 is alive and well and so am i and she keeps trying to say it Mm -hmm. and she'll say like 13 is alive and well and so you know it's like she just she can't do it she tries a couple times and then she just starts crying and like she completely breaks down and everybody kind of knows like like they've all known what snow's been doing with Peta, but like nobody wanted to tell her because she was useful as a mockingjay and then like she breaks down and they all kind of know they're just like oh yeah i guess guess the Mockingjay's is done right now it um it's i don't know is it i feel like rather in the movie it's all chrisita telling her to say the line and she just doesn't say it, and eventually runs away mm-hmm. to have her just you know a couple times try to say the line and then just break down and start crying i think that would have just worked a lot better so that would be my one change
1: i agree with that but then they couldn't have had her President Snow, President Snow is Katniss. President Snow, <laughs> President Snow. Hello, can you hear me? Hold on, let me walk a few paces over to the President right. Snow, I
0: think I have two bars now.
1: <laughs> President Snow is Katniss. Are you there? Are you there? President Snow,
0: Katniss, do you have it muted? <sighs> well, sure? could... check, check to see if you're muted.
1: I feel like J Law is like looking over, like, is somebody gonna call cut? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I keep doing this?
0: Oh, that was the other thing I liked about that part in the book when she breaks down, and starts crying. Is that, quietly chrisetta in the background just says cut to her you know one of her camera guys like it's like they she breaks down and and everybody is kind of feeling the emotion with her because they know what she's going through i just i feel like it was played kind of dully in the movie and it could have been more impactful
1: if i remember correctly she doesn't ever say cut anywhere in the movie does she i don't believe so yeah i think that's a failing
0: i mean if you're gonna do the movie thing she might at one point can't remember Anyway, that was my change. Uh, power Rankings.
1: Uh, Who do you got number one? I don't love this choice, but it's Katniss.
0: Oh, really? Mm. So, sorry, Katniss, you're not my number one. I would like to put you number one, but... Uh, I mean, I'm not even necessarily opposed to emotional breakdowns, but... I seem better. I she's
1: know. she's my number one only because of the sheer amount of real estate that J-Law inhabits. In the okay.
0: I put President Coyne at number one. Interesting. I right, mean, she's like this close to twirling a mustache, but uh, I felt like Julianne Moore just took it over, especially with her speech at the end. Mm-hmm. She's like, Out of Way Katniss is my movie. Yeah. All right. Who's your number two?
1: Plutarch, happens be.
0: <laughs> my number two is Joanna Mason.
1: My my, she's higher up than she probably should be in mine, but she's not number two. Joanna but, like, Mason's
0: I, three seconds of screen time are my favorite part about this movie. I'm not even like like being facetious or like exaggerating. Like when she showed up on screen in the theater, I was just like, ooh, yeah, that's what I've been missing this whole movie.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the same thing when I saw the latest trailer before Spectre, the moment she has it's like half a second where she mm-hmm. turns and looks at Katniss with her bald head, and I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like my, my, all of my power rankings are like a distant, you know, like number one and then like a couple miles later, Mm -hmm. number two and a couple miles later, number three, Hamish.
0: You got Hamish three?
1: Just because I, I really appreciated his deconstruction of Katniss. (laughs) I (laughs) (laughs) I hope that wasn't important.
0: (laughs) I have him four. I have Cressetta three, uh, just because I really like that character. But, uh, yeah, I mean Haymitch and Corsetta both. It there, there's so many characters in this movie, um, mm-hmm. but
1: gotta be Well, get like you here. said, they show up, they have a few moments, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really bunch them together like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I say? Three was Haymitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, four is Coin. Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, Haymitch four. My five is Effie.
1: Hmm.
0: Effie Trinket. Which, I don't mean, know, you could make an argument for her to be even higher. I feel like when she's on screen, at least uh, you're enjoying yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. My five is Natalie Dormer.
0: Oh, just Natalie Dormer. Okay. Mm. Uh, My six is Katniss. You wow. fell far, Katniss. Sorry. Not even the top maybe, five. Maybe twirl that pearl in your hands around a little more.
1: My number six is Joanna Mason.
0: There you go. Uh, My seven is President Snow. Okay. He's, like, more ridiculous than ever in this movie. Like, it really seems like whoever... Like, who does he have, like, a vice president? Or, like, you would think eventually, like, whoever runs the military or who's, like, underneath him would be, like, yo, this crazy old man is way too obsessed with this chick. He's, like, he's costing us our whole, like, government, basically. (laughs) You know, like, our nation is crumbling because he's way too obsessed with this teenage girl and, like, trying to show her up and, like, you know, screw with her boyfriend.
1: Well, I feel like... Okay, so whoever his vice president is, he's either as ruthless as he is, or he's a dunce. If he's a dunce, he's probably he a dunce. Yeah. How does he stay vice president? How do other people not undercut him and take take that job? If he's ruthless, at this point, it's a simple solution. You just wait for Snow to do one of his live broadcasts. You walk in the room behind him. You, you shoot him in the head, mm-hmm. and you just be like, "I'm taking over. Everything's going to change." You don't have to change shit. Like you buy enough time to like have some peace talks. A little renegotiating, you maintain power, you're viewed as a hero. I think his number
0: two is probably like like in the the mold of a Dan Quayle where it's like <laughs> it's just like a threat to the populace like how dare you ever imagine assassinating me? you're gonna be left with this idiot?
1: I feel like it's not a perfect uh metaphor it's good, it's not perfect because Dan Quayle is so obsessed with Murphy Brown. <laughs> Which Would basically be your cat? That's true. Thing.
0: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who GS seven? Um, I think Effie. Okay. Yeah. I had the Pollux as eight. Wow. Okay. okay. had a nice little moment, you know.
1: Uh, my number eight is uh Finnick.
0: Oh yeah, Finnick didn't even rate for me. Sorry, Finnick. Then uh,
1: uh nine I have Peta.
0: I have BTS number nine. Uh,
1: my number thirteen is a uh, Boggs.
0: Boggs. <laughs> I had I target ten. Um, I'm gonna guess that none of us rated Galey either again.
1: Nope, nope. I actually I actually have BTS ten. Yeah. yeah. Just because I like Jeffrey Wright so much. He's he's just a likable presence in pretty much mm-hmm. every movie he does. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, sorry Gale. you're definitely not gonna rank when he starts. It's like, oh, you only kiss me when I'm in pain. Ugh.
1: I just wanted her to, like... That was the moment where I wanted the Katniss to die down and the J-Law to rise up and be like, "Wha? Call the Ambulance! (laughs) Wha?"
0: Well, it's like, sorry, asshole. Yeah. Like, however he could have played his cards, that definitely wasn't the way to do it. Like, make her feel bad for showing affection. (laughs) Anyway, um... So that about wraps this one up. I guess we're going to go see Mockingjay Part 2 in the theater, so probably won't have as many notes, but I think we can still have a decent discussion about it. Yeah. Yeah, I won't be able to make any notes because that would be annoying for me to get my phone out in the middle of the movie. Um, I might see it twice. I guess it depends. Like, if I hate it, I'm not going to see it again. But if it's decent, I may go see it twice just to get a good idea for how to talk about it.
1: Uh, excuse me, Projectionist, could you pause the movie for a moment? I'm typing out my uh mm-hmm. my very important fucking hot takes here.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very important hot takes like, holy shit, PETA's head CGI is freaky.
1: I've typed Joanna Mason, but I need to add in the appropriate amount of 15 exclamation points. Could you pause the movie, sir? Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, I forgot to do this last time. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, we're at Pod. Uh, you can find our website page, which is broswatchpl2.com slash headcanon. Uh, we've gotten a few reviews in iTunes since the last time I mentioned it. Uh, we had JB, Matheny, 1128, uh, Kimberley, Catmo, Zion Girl, Brianna L., and all 2185. All five-star reviews from them. Really appreciate that. We have 27 Feist our ratings right now, 19s, which is pretty awesome for a fairly new podcast. Uh, so thanks for helping us out, helping us kind of grow the website or grow the uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely feel free to rate or reviews if you want. You got anything for us, Marco?
1: Uh, I just wanted to shout out a few people who've said hey to us on Twitter. Uh, Sarah, who rewatched Mockingjay part one of her adorable dog and uh, Raquel, who posted a great picture <laughs> from the set of catching fire of Jennifer Lawrence reading Harry Potter. Oh yeah. <laughs> that made my fucking day. <laughs> I th-
0: think it was uh Order of the Phoenix too. It's kinda hard to tell, but it looked like the blue book.
1: Yeah, it looks like a blue book in this picture. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I love that so much. Very fair And and as as uh Sarah pointed out, different Sarah pointed out, uh you definitely know that you're too old for YA books when you can't stop wondering about the economics of those dystopias
0: that's true but i think about that with everything i read
1: i think that the, the a truism that someone told me a few years ago that i didn't appreciate to more recently is that as you get older you really start to ponder about the fucking like engineering of things Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um, oh did you did you see the new like Divergent trailer
1: uh yeah it i yeah. well because you know the the series basically seemed like it ended at the end of the second one so it's like this is their way of restarting it in a way
0: I guess. I barely remember the second one. I, I was drinking during that movie.
1: You had like a single beer.
0: It was like a high alcohol content beer. Mm. Well, it, mostly it just made me drowsy. I think I might have fallen asleep for part of it. <laughs> oh, no, that was the movie. Yeah, that was the movie. Okay. There's a lot I, of like uh, Dream Warrior stuff going on. Uh, I, I I have to say, I really want to do a podcast on the first Divergent movie because it's so awkward. dumbly entertaining but the uh, the next one is so bad that I'm just like, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. The second one, not great. Somehow the level of miles teller and Jai Courtney in the first one Mm -hmm. is so much more tolerable than the levels in the second one. Yeah. Also like miles
0: teller is like, he suddenly he's a hero and like her brother betrays her spoilers. Mr. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I, it actually made me feel bad for Makai Pfeiffer, who is an actor who only ever plays unlikable roles.
0: Doesn't Daniel Day Kim show up in that?
1: Yeah, he has a fucking like boss, uh like Bond villain wardrobe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I much as I love Daniel Day Kim and I do love Daniel Day Kim, I I would like to be friends with him. Wouldn't that movie have been better and so much more memorable if it was BD Wong?
0: <laughs> this is the year of B D Wong. Uh, at some point, we need to talk about that. I don't know, on maybe just on this podcast. Like he, like he needs one more thing this year. I feel like he needs to like be sure in Star Wars. He needs to show up in like a viral video or like have like a funny moment on a talk show or something. Because I mean, his scene in Focus, the, the movie Focus, uh,
1: he he's amazing in that that cameo.
0: He's the only good thing about Jurassic World because he just decided halfway through he's a Bond villain, Um and then Mr. His, Robot. his stuff in Mr. Robot. Yeah, he's. He, he needs like one more little, little, uh, you know, crown or jewel in his crown there. And, and then that'll be it.
1: The, the end cap scene of the finale of Mr. Robot with BD Wong is so pretentious <laughs> and on the nose and bonkers straight up going for it. that I, I was just like, you can't hate this show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can criticize it all you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this show went from Tyler Durden to BD Wong.
0: Yeah, 2010 was the year of time travel. You remember that? Yep, 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 yep. Uh, 2015 is the year of B.D. Wong.
1: The year we made contact. This is the year we made contact with B.D. Wong. Mm-hmm. I just want him to just start popping up in the background of, like, like Vine stars in their videos. There you I don't, go. I don't care what the fuck their videos are. I just want B.D. Wong just to rise up over their shoulder.
0: Maybe he could show up in uh, Mockingjay Part 2. I don't know but, what, but...
1: If the title of the movie has Part 2 in it, you need to have a role for B.D. Wong. That's, that needs to be an amendment to the Constitution.
0: All right. Well, uh, we should probably end this.
1: He <laughs> can be a Snow's vice president.
0: Yeah. We'll be back next time to talk about Mocking Jay Part 2 after seeing it in the theaters. And uh, then it'll, it'll just, in case you're curious, we're going to be doing the uh, original Three Star Wars movies after that. So that will be our December leading up to The Force Awakens.
1: To be clear, because there has been some confusion, four, five, and six
0: episode a new hope the empire strikes back and return of the jedi although nobody calls it a new hope they all call it star wars Hmm. anyway until then have a good one peace (laughs) bye-bye